No, it was like the opposite of like a, like a compliment sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Where you do like a compliment, uh, like critique and a compliment. Yeah. But yeah. but I did the opposite. We had to do the opposite of that, I think. So like so two mean things and a nice thing. I can't remember what it was. Anyway, welcome to pressing issues. Was that it? Was that there was no point to that? No, I just couldn't remember what the. I was naughty, most naughty, twenty twenty one. I'm so mad at you right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, oh, I always do wrong by you. You're just, you don't do wrong by me. You're just a total agent of chaos. <laughs> Post-cringe agent of chaos. Rowan Grover Rowan. reporting here. Well, at welcome least you to, introduce welcome yourself. Welcome to Pressing Issues. I'm Joe. Joe Brown, agent of peace. Agent, yeah. <laughs> I'm the agent of peace. You're agent of chaos. Yeah. Together, we form a duality. You get in any gang, if you will. Yeah, a unity, a dyad, a force dyad. <laughs> yep. Do you remember that? Do you remember I that do. from that movie? How could I forget? How many times have you, have you... You went and saw that, didn't you? I did. Yeah. Have you seen it since? <clears throat> no. Mm, neither. I always think about it. I movie. haven't even seen the whole movie because I fell asleep in it. In the theatre? Yep. Really? Yeah. Excellent. At what point? Do you remember? Uh, right at the climax. I, f- I woke up and there was a lot of lightning sparkling around. Oh, yeah. So in the force dyad bit. Yeah. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> um, I always think about like maybe watching it again, but then I think about how much Star Wars stuff I've watched recently that has just made me so angry. And I'm like, do I need to add another no one to that? No, you don't. That's the thing. And also, I'm going to shut it down now. People that keep trying to come up with these, you know, hot takes two years after the fact that it's good. Actually, it's bad. It's a bad movie. Oh, are people like I, are, I've are seen people, it. Are people phantom menacing the? They're trying to. What's their argument about it being? How are they saying it's good? I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't want to talk about it. But we got to talk about it. This is the kind of podcast we are. <laughs> we're arbiters of culture. I, I don't know. know if I really love that we've given ourselves we the title of arbiter of culture. Oh, it seems a, a little high and lofty. Like it seems maybe well, a little as the chads of podcasting, comic book <laughs> podcasting. Sorry, we're not the chads of podcasting. We do have to make these calls. Sorry, Cohen. Do you want me to get you on mic? Oh, look at that glass of wine. That was so close. Um, anyway, uh, I watched... Put that on the ground. <laughs> I watched Prey. As an arbiter of culture, I forgot to mention this last podcast. Uh, I watched Prey, and I know we mentioned it in the um, Aliens podcast, where we would decide if it was good or not. Yeah, I didn't watch Prey. Um, it's good. Great. <laughs> you should watch it. We've given it our, yeah. <laughs> our pressing it's issues seal of approval. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's quite good. Probably a top three 2022 movie for me, I would say, at this stage. Okay, what else have you watched? Um, uh, I, I've watched Everything Everywhere All at Once, but I wasn't as high on that as a lot of other people were. Interesting. It made me cry. Was it the rock scene that made you cry? Uh, no, it was the bit like... It was just all of the kind of like the mother accepting the daughter for who she is and them coming to kind of an understanding that their experiences are different, but their challenges are somewhat the same and sure. that they have, that they're each kind of, yeah, I don't know. It just really got me. Yeah. And it was, um, like. it was fun because I, I, we went, I went and saw it with my girlfriend, um, who we didn't mention last episode. Sorry, Rebecca. First, sorry, Rebecca. You sorry. Imagine. Um, you're in America with her right now. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, I am, but, I saw it with her and she couldn't get past the... The rock. <laughs> to bring up the 
wrong. And she couldn't get past the um the like the 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 whole multiverse thing of it. Oh, I remember you telling me about. But this. because yeah. I like am a nerd, I yes. was like, yes, I understand all this, and I could I could kind of like veer my way through that and got to like the emotional heart of it. And, like, felt quite at home there. You watched the movie and you were like, we all know the multiverse. We all know the multiverse. We all know there is a multiverse. Um, I I feel like we're coming to the end of this bit, but I'm going to rinse it as hard as we can. The we all know bit. It just feels like maybe we're, we're like, we're trying it a little hard now. Yeah, yeah. I I apologize. No, no, no. But, like, there's there's nothing to say that, like, it won't come back naturally again. It might. It might. I think it will. Who's to say? Who's to say? It's on the wiki. um, It is. It's part of... Pressing issues law. Yeah. Um, no, but I saw it, and Rebecca's like it, it. It 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 had its shield up against her for like the whole thing that she was like. I had no idea what was going on, yeah. so I couldn't connect with it. And I was she like, she put on her Chad glasses. Yeah, yeah. We both have a pair of Chad glasses. Um, I got mine on right now. Those are just your normal glasses. Yeah, that's in what the, I mean. Because I'm always a Chad. I like how you're doubling down on Chad when in the last like. So we tried to record this opening um, five minutes ago and and failed, and it was. It was because Rowan was referring to himself as a jittery queer. <laughs> jittery queer. One of the jittery queers. Post. Post cringe jittery queer. Agent of chaos. Um, you have so many also, titles. Yeah. Well, I like to imagine that you you've got all these like you're known by a different title in a, yeah. in different areas depending yeah, on like I'm your... like a like the cable. You know, I've got like five different middle names. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you also the, have the techno- Nathan Dayspring Ascani Sun. Uh, that's as many as I can do. I'm sorry. I'm not a real nerd. So you didn't even say Summers. Summers. Wow. We've done two episodes. This is our second episode record and Rowan is depleted. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. He's good. He's good. He's good. Se- second win. Second win. Uh, the other top tier movie that I saw this year was Suspiria, the 1970s movie. Yeah. I need to see that. And then the follow- the requisite remake is apparently good as well. Yeah, but I watched the original and it was lush. lush? I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had a great experience. Oh, lovely. That was a movie where I came out of it. And in, infamously, I know Cohen pulls me up for this, for not taking a stand on whether I like something or not. I came what? out of that movie. I feel like you famously do that. Do I? Yeah. Sometimes I just go, yeah, I liked it or it was pretty good. But I came out of this movie and I was like, yes, I love that. That was a great time. Mm. I get you that. You know, like I, most of the Marvel movies that I've seen this year, I've been like, yeah, whatever. Well, yeah, that, to me, that's kind of like... That's what that media is. <laughs> yeah, that's like eating a McDonald's burger. Sure. Like, I'm never going to eat a McDonald's burger and think like, wow, that was a really good burger. <laughs> Sometimes I've done that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> if I'm drinking. Like, <laughs> if I'm drinking and I watch a Marvel movie, I might be like, wow, this is a really good movie. Like, oh, look at I really that. like this movie. This movie's fun. Like, and what? <laughs> they put Hercules in it? <laughs> what are you talking about? Hercules in this fucking thing? And he's, he's from fucking the soccer show? Hell, this is the fourth episode that we've <laughs> talked about Thor, Love and Thunder. <laughs> oh, man. Despite your intention that we didn't talk about it in despite the Aliens. Despite all my rage. You're still just rat in a cage. I'm still just um, rat in a cage. That is so true. Anyway. Anyway. What have you been up to, Joe? Uh, You're in America, though. So. I am in America. I am currently in America. Am I? Yes. Yeah. You got anything to report other than movies? Um, I watched all the, I watched two Terminator movies. Is that... Topical. A, is that of relevance to us? Yeah. Yeah, Pretty cool. Yeah. Did you watch any Terminator movies? Yeah, I watched five Terminator <laughs> movies. <laughs> yeah, but you, but no, no, no. That's yeah, that's a lot of Terminator movies. But like, you, you like spaced them out 
over no. like over like like two weeks. You did like five. You know, I like, certainly did not. No. Well, actually, I spaced them out because I watched the first one. Yep. And then the next day, I watched two through five in succession. So. And you like live tweeted them to us to our group chat. <laughs> just like an empty room. Rowan and I, Cohen and I just like disappeared, did not respond to any of them. Yeah, I wonder if I can find any of that. Actually, no, I want to read them because there's one that are, that's really funny. Um, but yeah, so tell me about your experience watching all five, um, all five out of six Terminator movies. Well, let me tell you, Joe. I actually really like the first two. Um, the first one, maybe a little bit more because that is Rowan Core, as established in the Pressing Issues wiki. Uh, actually, it's not. I canon. Can't, it's canon. It's canon, but I can't define Rowan Core. I just know it when I see it. We just know it's post-cringe. We're going to talk about Rowan Core later this episode as well. Um, but basically, like, it's it's that kind of, like, practical effects of it all. Like, the the, the dark future is so, like... Oh, so clunky and chunky, but in a way that I love. So, uh. <laughs> it is. It's very visceral. Come on me if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shout out to our abandoned opening <laughs> 10 minutes ago. Ah, uh, Jesus. Um, Take the wheel. Oh, I can't even. Well, anyway, I want to describe the, this is a, the string of messages that Rowan sent us as he watched so first of all, he watched all five. He watched four out of five, four out of six, sorry. And then you know we responded to that. And then at um, I want to say okay, so ten o'clock on the twelfth of August, we get a text and it's a photo of Terminator Genesis. I'm going to say Genesis. It's Genesis. Yep, I don't care. Um, it's got a Y in it. Why yep. wouldn't you say it like that? Oh, eat me. Um, that just was a photo of the screen with Terminator Genesis homepage waiting. Uh, and Rowan says, this movie boldly stated Skynet woke up in 1997, but I thought it happened in 2003. Not having a great start with this one. <laughs> Ten minutes later, oh, it's a reboot. Woof. And then an hour later, I'm so glad I've heard the phrase, come with me if you want to live, about 15 times today. Referring to the four other Terminator movies he watched. Yeah. Later on, I actually think I might hate this movie. <laughs> How we exciting taking a stance again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're very proud that you um you took a stance. And then his final decision, uh, yeah, that movie was pretty dog shit, but a decent emotional ending, but just proves how much Arnie carries the franchise. A surprisingly succinct, like, um cri- like critique of it at the end of a five movie day. <laughs> like, I was very proud of you for doing that. The um, whole the whole time, like I'd finish a movie and I'd be like, yeah. All right, well, I guess I'll just keep going. Wow, so yeah, I only watched two. I watched the first two because they're the yeah. only two that matter. So you um, can... I, I had, like, an interesting experience where I, d- I didn't really enjoy three that much. Mm. Whereas it, it is... This that, is Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Yeah, Terminator yeah. 3, Rise of the Machines. Of course, uh, we all know. We all know. Um, as much as it does hurt, like, I, I like the ending of it, like you brought it up, where it does end in everything dying. That's cool. That's Rowan Core. Um, but I just think it's a fun thing. It's like for a summer blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, in two thousand and three. In two thousand and three, it ends with them saying like, "Oh, that whole movie was for nothing. The apocalypse happened anyway. That was always going to happen. That was always going to happen. Yeah, um, yeah, that's good. I like and that. then it literally just ends with like m- missiles being shot in the sky. Yeah, because Judgment Day half arrived. Yeah, half arrived. And then 
I was very prepared not to like Terminator Salvation, but I think I just really leaned into it. I was like, okay, this is a dark Hurt Locker 2007 war movie in the Terminator universe mm. where Christian Bale is angry all the time and Sam Worthington is there. Is he there? Is he there though? <laughs> yeah. Is he there? Yeah, a little bit there. I think he's there physically, but I don't think he's See, the, there. The, the thing I'm about, pointing at my head. The thing about the Terminator, I mean, the thing about Sam Worthington in that movie, that is secretly a Terminator. But he's like, isn't he like a Terminator, but he doesn't know it? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? And then number five happens and it's an alternate universe and John Connor's Australian and he's a secret Terminator also. And <sighs> I, I will never. Genesize. Then there's Terminator Dark Fate. Yeah, listen to the next episode and I'll tell you all about Terminator Dark Fate. Well, I might watch it before then as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, all that to say, we're, we're doing the Terminator. We're doing the Terminator. So we're doing two pretty good comics. Oh, in my opinion, we're doing one excellent comic and we're doing one... Excellent. One pretty good comic. Okay. So My, my uh, I guess, kind of summary on that is we're doing one... Vibes AF comic. Mm-hmm. One Rowan Core comic. Yeah, one Rowan Core comic. That's the bit established this episode that can go on the wiki. Um, and one pretty decent comic. I really liked it. Interesting. Okay, so the comics we're doing are um, The Terminator, Tempest, and The Terminator, The Burning Earth. Uh, the Terminator, Tempest, written by John Arcudi, illustrated by Chris Warner, inked by Paul Guinan. Coloured by Chris Chalinor and Rochelle Menashe. I'm sorry if I'm butchering all of these names. Lettered by Karen Casey-Smith. And then Terminator Burning Earth. Written by Ron Fortier. Illustrated by Alex Ross. Alex fucking Ross. In his first published comic book work. Now, if you're a... If you're no, a, no, we'll get to that. Okay. We'll get to it. You <laughs> always fucking like blow out takes like I'm sorry. two seconds in. I can't help it. I'm an agent of chaos. Yeah, agent of chaos. Lettered by Joseph Allen and Patrick Williams. Um, so, a couple of familiar names there from last episode. We've got uh, Chris... Chris Chal- uh, Sorry, Chris Warner and Chris Chalinair. Um, oh, yeah. Chalinor I didn't even realize Chris Chalinair as well. In, and that's why I think like... This was the... The, the Dark Horse House art team. I yeah. Guess. And they the must licensed have, art team. I must they must have just been pumping through fucking so many comics at that point. Yeah, and Dark, Dark Horse editorial is like, you wanna do a you wanna do a Predator comic? And they're like, all right. You're like, you wanna do a Terminator comic as well? And they're like, throw it at me. There is some interesting context that I want to get into around these comics. Yeah. So shoot. Terminator one comes out in nineteen eighty. Uh, fucking hell! Why do I never get oh. it? Yeah, I think it's 1984. I'll get my friend. My friend Daniel will message me if I'm wrong. Daniel, um, I remember him. It's 1984. Nice. Um, like the movie. How and perfect. I mean the book. Shush. <laughs> One second. <laughs> so then, Dark Horse have the rights to it, mm. and they what? No, well, actually, now comics. Now, sorry, sorry, but first. not Dark Horse. Sorry, now comics, which is a now defunct. <laughs> now, not anymore. <laughs> now, no comics. <laughs> oh, people Damn. already lost their jobs. <laughs> That's sad. Yeah. Um, the comic industry is brutal, yeah, um, especially at that time. Yeah, but they had the rights, and by all account, and they released kind of a decent number of Terminator comics. I think eighteen all up. Eighteen all up, but had gone in a weird direction. Yeah. Um, had gotten Ron Fortier to come in. 
who didn't have a good time riding. Didn't have a good initially. time riding for them. But then, at the end of the at the end of the eighties, it was announced that Now Comics were selling the rights to Dark Horse. Dark Horse were going to buy the rights, but they were going to let them do one final five more issues. Five more issues to, to 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 end the series. Yeah. So Ron, so they they said Ron Fortier, go nuts. And he's like, I got all these ideas. He's got all these ideas, and so he writes Terminator: The Burning Earth, and they bring in Alex Ross. That same year, Alex Ross, who's like twenty, yeah, he's a baby. That same year, Terminator: Tempest is. This is the kind of like Dark Horse relaunched it. Yeah, and this is all before Terminator Two. Yeah, Judgment Day comes out, and no one knows this movie. And no one knows out. this movie's coming. So they've got. So there's a, you know, as the we we've mentioned that. So the Burning Earth TP has this amazing foreword from John Fortier and this amazing John afterword Fortier. from um, Alex, Alex Ross. Ross. Were they both the Alex Ross has this kind of like almost saddened thing where they realize like where they talk about they spent all this time and energy creating these. Basically, they were so invested in the world of Terminators because it was only it was a single object that existed. Mm. And that all this work that they did to kind of expand the world and to kind of create this new story suddenly became defunct the minute James Cameron decided to spend $88 million on Terminator 2. Yeah, and, and I just think there's something so grumpy about it. And they it. got so they, they, there's something so heartbreaking that they had no idea this sequel was coming because it and it, it wouldn't one wasn't going to come for another four years. Yeah, and in that time, Dark Horse and John Cudi wrote, you know, they wrote four more um, stories after Tempest. Yeah, um, but all that to kind of say is that like what I find really interesting is I so I was reading these comics and. I it it like, is kind of written like this swan song to like this li- like kind of small low budget action film that Terminator was. Are you talking about Burning Earth? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I like. So both that's... of them are like these interesting sequels and ha- they each have ideas that are then taken later by the films. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are elements in Tempest that ha- that arrive that like kind of come back in T2 and mm. um, Salvation. And T3. And T3. Girl Terminator. Yes. And there's... Things in Burning Earth that exist in Salvation. Like, there's all these kind of like, and they just thought they were like, oh, we're just doing like the comics, like whatever. So yeah, the, those are the those are the comics. I'm trying to just think of what. Well, I I, I do want to kind of touch on Alex Ross's um, afterward again, because do you want to talk about it now? Or do you want to talk about after we've talked about the comic itself? Because that could be okay. interesting. I think I think we we table that until. All right, we'll do whatever you want, Joe. We'll do. Oh, <laughs> Rowan's so grumpy. I'm just kidding. Even though we fed him some pizza. Um, <laughs> I just want to run down the plots Shoot. of all these. So yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Let's start with Terminator Tempest. Okay. So Terminator Tempest. So. It's a great comic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, so. It's pretty good. It starts off in uh, 2029, Los Angeles, mm-hmm. um, where a group of the resistance is going to find kind of the, the time machine that Skynet used. Uh, only the one in the original film was a prototype. And the one they've stumbled upon now is the more... Like the real version. The real release, you know. Yeah. Version 1.0. Um, this resistance is led by Colonel Mary Randall, a... Uh, real go-getter. A real go-getter. A real kind of like James Cameron um, yeah. female plucky protagonist, angry yeah. kind of... Very angry though. Very... Understand. Everyone in this future is angry because they've all. Yep, you know what? That's a sh- that's, they have a shit life. <laughs> they do. Um, but 
a very Linda Hamilton-esque kind of Sarah mm. Connor yeah. archetype. Absolutely. Um, so they find their way to the time machine. They get sent back to Los Angeles in the past. Back the, in, I think the interesting thing that this comic is really playing on is that compared to the original film where the Terminators get sent back to, to terminate and the resistance gets sent back to stop, to, to protect the human. Um, the humans go back to terminate. The, the roles are kind of reversed here. Well, yeah, that's what we're getting to with the plot. Like, so they go back and then the Terminators follow them. And yeah, like you said, like it's, just, it's, re- it's revealed that the humans have been sent back with a mission to terminate the, the leading scientist, the leading scientist that will kind of have the breakthroughs in um, the technology that will allow Skynet to become self-aware, yeah, through Cyberdyne, which is then a plot point that is taken into T two, yeah, that's who Joe Morton plays that guy, yeah, actually, um, yeah, I didn't even make that connection, and then. Okay, we just got to get we got to get through the plot. We got to get through the plot first, and then we discuss. So they all come back; they're all naked. Um, Because that's actually pretty much the plot. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) they have they have a lot of shootouts. There's some fun dog stuff, and then it's it's discovered that car chase. There's a car chase. That's that's a terminated trip. They're all um, they're all 800 models, so they're all the same model as Arnie. Yeah, so they're all this because at this point as well. God, I've, I've genuinely got so much to say about Shoot this. off, King. Um, at this point, that's the only Terminator that's existed in media. Yeah. Is the T-800. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, everything else doesn't exist. Yeah. Doesn't exist. So, they are hunting down the scientists. They find other scientists. People start dying because that's what resistance fighters do is they die. Um, they... It's discovered that one of the Terminators that's come back is a half-human, half-Terminator yeah. hybrid who has been like um, Anticipating harvesting, Terminator who has been harvesting flesh yeah. in the future as a um, field medic. Very creepy. It's very creepy. Yeah. And um, also then a plot point that is taken by Salvation. Yeah. Like whole ah, cloth, whole cloth. Yeah. Sam Worthington. Yeah, you motherfucker. Um, and then this ends. It's very much the opening arc of a longer serialized story because it ends with this new ragtag team of... They're stuck in the... Of the Colonel, the half-human, half-Terminator, and the one of the scientists yep. guys. Everyone else, dead. Where Other Terminators like, oh, we fixed might be it. There. All good. But then... But then there's like a little uh, epilogue where... Uh, the, the, the kind of twist of this comic is that it's revealed that the technology that Cyberdyne has is the Terminator from the first movie. Which is T2. It's the time loop. Yeah. It's the whole thing of them being like, the only way, the only reason that any of this happened is because they went back and like, it's the self-fulfilling prophecy. It, it blows, it kind of, a, it freaks your brain out. Oh, I'm when, loving watching you right now. It, it, <laughs> well, because when you think about like the, like, do you know how you have some movies like, like Endgame had this big problem when everyone was like, I'm not sure that the time travel logic works. Yeah. Everyone was like, shut up, just watch the movie, yeah. you dumb nerd. It's a, mo- it's a movie for kids. It's a movie for kids. But like, depending on which kind of logic you take with time travel, mm. like this idea of the time loop self-fulfilling prophecy like blows my brain. And it's why I like... And it works so well in this. It's so early I, it, on in culture, pop, like pop culture, I don't know, yeah. ambience. And it's why I like Terminator 3. Right. 
because it breaks the time loop. Kind of breaks the time loop a little bit, but also like or it kind of pushes it, it presents you with a John Connor who assumes that the future that he was destined to have isn't going to happen. So he has no purpose in his life. Yeah, he has no grand plan. He's got no grand plan. His whole existence is now kind of defunct. Yeah. Anyway. 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 That's not the comic. Don't worry about it. Not the comic. <sighs> but it is an, it's an interesting point. That's Tempest. And then we've got Burning Earth. Ooh. Hell yeah, we do. And then Burning Earth, the plot is literally like they're trying to destroy. It's the it's the kind of the, the machine's final um, assault. They've, yeah, they've, they've killed ninety seven point five percent of human race. It, it's literally the, the there's a scene where the Skynet goes. I, can we get through the plot first? I just, this is the plot where Skynet goes. Oh no, I've made an error by not destroying a hundred percent of the humans. How can I fix this? Oh, I've got these nukes handy. Yeah. So yeah, they. They, the, the machines finally decide to take the lead out and like actually like, do their job. Right, let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's do that thing we've been saying we'll this do is, for 40 years. This is set in 2041. Yeah. The, the war has already been waging for 40 years. Yeah. They say. Um, and then, so it's the machine's final assault. And so it's John Connor and the resistance. It's their final kind of push to survive. Yeah. And they have a final showdown. On a mountain. On, on a Thunder mountain, mountain. On Thunder Mountain in Colorado. Yep. And then they... This comic is pure vibes. It's absolutely pure vibes. Yeah. It is It is a, a paper-thin plot yeah. and not in a bad way, but in a way that's just like there's a goal and then they achieve that goal. For some reason, John Connor is called Bear. Yeah, I got really confused by that. Because <laughs> I... And it, we'll, we'll get into it in a minute. Sure. Um, and then they destroy... Because this was this again. This was this was now comic saying like we're going to end our version we're, of yeah. This is the end of the Terminator. This is the franchise. end of the Terminator franchise. Yeah. So they shut down Skynet. But yeah. then a red but, eye, <gasps> um, a, re- a red eye. But also, what I quite like about this comic is that before they are able to shut down Skynet, um, Skynet launches the nukes. So then it some kinda, of the nukes, yeah. Enough of the nukes that yeah. it kind of becomes this question of like, okay, we've. Stop Skynet, but what have we? Like, what are we going to wake up? What are we going to wake up to tomorrow? Yeah, which yeah. I thought was like a surprisingly deep question for a quite surface level comic. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't. <laughs> we'll get in. We'll get into our opinions of it later. But like, yeah. But this is an interesting one because we've got the kind of like two direct sequels to the first one because mm-hmm. like they, you know, you could set a comic in the future. Still and still a direct sequel to the first one. Yeah. Um, and then you have the at-home one. That's why I kind of picked these two. Was because one was one was the future and one was the one was the past. And I kind of I did that because I wanted to kind of pose this question as to so my opinion and my kind of like last as, week, as last, an arbiter of culture as an arbiter of culture. Stay humble. Um, Amen, brother. <laughs> fuck that got me. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm looking like past you to try and avoid. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, that really got me. No, because so last episode you posited that the thesis statement, the thesis statement around a good um, predator, predator text. text. What's your? Mine's Terminator. not a thesis statement. Mine okay. is mine is my opinion is that a Terminator f- text is best when it doesn't go into the future. Interesting. I, I think of... I think a Terminator. I think like why one and two work so well is that you get glimpses of the future. Yeah. And that's, and like, 
what you want to see, particularly with a character like John Connor, you don't want to see John Connor like at his point where he's in like his peak. in his peak because yeah. that's boring yeah you want to see someone struggling with this idea that they are destined for greatness but have yet to find that greatness within them yeah no i agree with you um because i i think that's what terminator 2 balances really well is in the best moments of that movie is when it's young john john connor kind of bantering with the t-800 mm. and it, it, it has a kind of heart where he's like you know, adjusting him to human life and being like, oh, you can say hustle la vista, baby, and stuff like that. Someone's that giving you a- attitude, you say, back off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's great. Um, but that's something that, like, within the context of that universe, you couldn't get in the future because they have no context for humor because everything sucks. Yeah, and that's what this comic is, is that is this is the most humorless comic I have ever read <laughs> yeah. in my whole life. Um, it was capital G Grimm. Yeah, I think it's, I, I enjoy it, but I don't think it's necessarily a good Terminator comic as posited by those kind of constraints. Yeah, I'm not saying they're constraints. I'm no, just I, saying, don't, like, I don't mean that Objectively, either. like, when you're dealing with a, a text that and a story that is kind of like, we're doing X to prevent Y, mm. I don't want to see Y. Sure. Because you've just negated. a negate, little bit of Y. No, you've just negated X. Sure. Okay, sure. By like, and I guess that's like kind of the point of Terminator 3 is like that the future was already pre-written. Yeah. But there is like, you can time loop yourself into infinity. But it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Fate is set. It will just move back a little bit. Yeah. But I guess like, I think it's just, it was just the hopelessness of Burning Earth that was just so like. Mm. I um, think that. I agree with that, but I think there were these really dry moments in Burning Earth where there was, like, kind of a really black humour attempted by some of the characters, which kind of had a lot of heart to me when I was reading them. I forget the character's name, but he kind of was, like, a mustachioed character. And every now and then he would kind of, like, just crack a joke and... like The South American one. Yeah, yeah. He was was built on archetypes. Absolutely. Uh, And that that, this comic is really just a surface-level everything kind of comic. But, like, I think... Even with the, like, heavy-handed narration, it leans so hard into everything that I was down there in the fucking pits with them that I could appreciate it. Like you saw this little glimpse of humor and you're like, oh, ha ha. And then there's this like narration over explaining it being like, yeah, but everything's going to die soon anyway. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. And I'm like, yeah, so true, brother. So well, true. That's I think like, I think both of these comics kind of present similar ideas, yeah. which is like, at what point do we lose or do we give up our humanity for the sake of survival? Sure. So... The kind of but narrative, both of the them do of, posit that, yeah. Yeah, the, so the kind of narrative shift that that Tempest does, or the Tempest kind of posits, is that they, and it's so effective, it's so simple, but it's so effective. Like you said, like the switch between the Terminators have been sent to protect this person that is going to guarantee their existence, mm. and the people have been sent to... Yeah, the protector versus Terminator role is but, swapped around. But what, like, and then in Burning Earth, that kind of question of humanity is posited again, mm. but in a darker kind of way of just like, one, what do we do for survival? And two, like, 
is any of this worth surviving? Yeah. And like, what is the, what is the price of human life? And then, but in Tempest, like what's interesting is that they get that idea across, I think more succinctly in a funner comic. Sure. They have this idea that like, they've got people coming back and they're like, their mission is to neutralize. But they've come up in a world where they have to value human life because it's so precious. Sure. So their whole kind of argument and their whole dilemma is that they can destroy machines all they want because machines are unfeeling things. But the idea of taking a human life is so kind of Yeah, that's what separates them. them. Yeah. And I think that is like a turning point that is brought up in both of these comics and then I think brought up in T2 as well, where they're about... Where Linda Hamilton, I'm sorry, where Sarah Connor's trying to take out Joe Morton and, and she's like, I can't yeah. do it, I can't do it. Yeah, and someone poses the question and it's like, when, where's the line, you know? What makes us no different from the machines? And I think they, I believe uh, Tempest does make that like quite an explicit statement at some point where they say like, no, we can't be like the machines. Mm. Otherwise, what's the point? And then that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the thesis statement of all these comics as well, I think. Thesis statement, comment. Like, Bring it up again. Term, term of the night, term of the evening. <laughs> um, yeah, well, like, I just think like what... So T T one is basically a slasher film. Yeah, it is this kind of unrelenting force of nature pursuing a young woman. Yeah, it's an eighties slasher yeah, movie. Literally, it's got the final girl. Yep, it's got you know got all the bits. Got all the bits, and then T two is like a kind of like pulpy nineties action. In the best way. Like, it is It is everything dialed to 11 and it's yeah. a fucking perfect movie. You got the perfect balance of, like, intrigue, drama, a little bit of comedy. Like, well, there, everything is really balanced, that's, I think. But I think, like, the comedy is the thing. That's that's the part of that movie that I think people fail to recognize is what puts it above all the others. Because I, I think, I can't remember if I said this to you, I think the difference between T3 and T2 is that T3 doesn't really spend a lot of time building the relationship back with the T-800, T-800 Arnie's character and John Connor. Mm. They're both, they all just kind of show up and they all acknowledge that they have history, but there's no development between them all. And so when a sad moment happens, it's like, oh, okay. I don't really care though. Yeah, it hasn't done the work. Yeah, whereas yeah. T2 puts in the work where it's got those very yeah. emotional moments. It's a two hour, 20 minute movie. Yeah. They're, like, I think the key moment from that movie is when... Why do you cry? No, the Sarah Connor being like, this this robot could be a father. Yeah. Woof. And yeah, and I think Also just that, so funny, like, wow, you've not come across many good men. <laughs> like this yeah. killing machine. You're like, I don't know. <laughs> could be a good, good dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah... And what like, if dad though? What if robot dad? <laughs> but uh, yeah. Robot, and, and robot dad sounds like a fun sitcom. <laughs> but this is why I struggle to think that like as much as I do enjoy Burning Earth, it's not really a Terminator text in the way that these are. Yeah, um, that's my Because, big... because Temp- Tempest does have these little splashes of humor and heart. But it's total, well. but it's total gallows humor. Yeah. Like there's nothing, oh, yeah. it's not kind of actual like... What's what also is it's funny? Not Hollywood humor. It's not Hollywood humor, but it's also like what's funny is that Terminator Everything sucks. Te- but yeah, like Tempest is also kind of like you find the humor in like no, they're fish out of water. Like yeah, it's like they're not they're not from this time. Like ha 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 ha. Oh, yeah. they're killing machines. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and but like it's that like I think that's what makes a good 
And it's also like why I don't think there has been a good Terminator movie since yeah. T2. Like, yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. It also doesn't help that the auteur who created them is not a present in the... No, doesn't want to do it anymore. No. He's I got his he, Avatar movies now. I think he produced Dark Fate, actually. Sure. Yeah, actually, I remember reading that, that he had some involvement. I think he had some involvement. Um, anyway, I wanted to switch around and talk about the art on both of these comics now. Yes. Um, so Alex Ross, for those who are not as entrenched in comics as we are, horribly entrenched. Um, Alex it's a, Ross, it's a curse. It's a genuine curse. Yeah, absolutely it is. Alex Ross is kind of this painter that broke the medium a bit, for, the mainstream comic medium in the 90s a bit by producing two comics, Marvels and Kingdom Come, which are these just grand kind of look backs at each DC and Marvel's histories in this beautiful painterly but kind of statuesque style that I personally don't think translates very well to comics. But it is very pretty to look at. Yeah. He's he's one that I struggle with. Yeah. But have completely understood and accepted his um his role in the his industry. role in pushing the industry forward and his yeah. relevance into it. But I think like So he does a lot of covers as well. He does a lot of like you get a lot of Alex Alex Ross variants. Yeah, a lot of Alex Ross does static imagery very well. He, now he does in his mm. prime. What I loved about Terminator Burning Earth is that this is like a prehistoric Alex Ross who hasn't like is just fresh out of art school. He's like 20 years old and he's busting deadlines. Like apparently he's working five days a week and also putting out 24 pages, putting out 24 pages a month, all painted. He kind of cheats with like watercolor pencils apparently, but like even still, I, yeah. I think there's such like a raw force to this comic in the way that I kind of enjoy early Rob Liefeld comics as well. There's such an energy. God, you're a sicko. I am a sicko. I know that. You're a, you're a sick person. <laughs> there's such an energy to these comics that they feel so kind of like full of promise and like this is like an artist like at the cusp of his powers about to stumble on something really great. Totally. And I get that. I think it's just a matter of kind of, for me, it's about what you want comics to do. Yeah. Cause for him, for me, I, I think he, it works a lot more se- better sequentially than his other work. See, I don't think this works sequentially at all. Really? That's my big problem with it. Is I that, think like, that I have panels a hard... work, like work on a much more fluid level than Kingdom Come or Marvels do. See, I, I like, I found the, I found it really hard to follow. Really? Yeah. Shocking. Or I'm basic. We don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Both cringe. Um, Absolutely. But like, and what I kind of view him as is this kind of, it's almost like watching a German expressionist film or something. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, this is not, this is not narrative. This is not a story. This is one thing we like to say on this podcast. Vibes. It is vibes. It is vibes. But I just think like, okay, that's great. Vibe all you want. You are working in a sequential medium. You are working in a medium in which I need to be able to follow A down to Z. I think you can. I think you do. I think there it's really, moments I think of it like where really they're climbing up the mountains. Muddy. Literally gets muddy. It, yeah, I know. But that's kind of the, that's the vibe of the comic. I know. But like it just gets, and it's also just one, he, he, 
He hates this comic. He hates this comic, but also yeah. like... I love that. <laughs> what I found really fun, well, not fun, interesting, was hearing Ron Fortier's kind of like... So Ron Fortier does a forward for this comic, in which he big notes himself pretty impressively. Yeah. And then he, he talks about how the previous artist he worked with was kind of shit and doing it just for the paycheck. And I was like, well, All right, let, let him get the paid. Yeah. And then he said that he got... He got the first few um, pages from Alex sent to him. Via and, fax. Then, and then he said, yeah, via fax. I really dated it. Yeah. Um, via fax machine. Um, and then he said, oh, finally, someone who gets my, like, writing. And then I read the comic. He's like, like, I'll never have to do a full script again. Yeah, and then I read his comic. <laughs> I was like, the fuck? You're not doing anything particularly, like. No. Like, what are you doing that's so interesting that these other artists couldn't. But also, like, I just don't like this idea that the writer was like, oh, the problem was the right, the art. I'm like, maybe no, the problem yeah. was you that, also. That, that is big noting. And he, anyway, like, it, just he... Really, it really irked me. And then I think what had happened is I read that, felt kind of like frustrated and annoyed at him. Yeah. And then read the comic and was like, God. <laughs> and I felt just really frustrated because like, one, it's, it's, a, it's a purposefully frustrating comic. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like, what is the point of going on? Yeah. Like, yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. Why, why continue when... It's a comic that doubles down where it's like, you see this dark future? What if it was worse? Yeah, it doubles down by having its main protagonist, who I didn't even didn't even know was John Because he's bare. Because he's bare. They, he's, they call him very, John sometimes. He's very Christ-like. Yeah, and he's got a beard. It starts with him putting a gun in his mouth. Yep. And thinking, I just want to rest. And I was like... He's like, I just want more than one hour of sleep. Yeah. And I was like, Jesus Christ almighty. Like, I, I kind of love how much it doubles down. I think that, like, is just taking the Terminator to its, like, well, the Terminator future, at least, to its logical conclusion. And I think that's interesting because I've never seen that in a... I haven't consumed very many Terminator pieces of media. Well, it sounds like you've consumed quite a few. I have now, very recently. But, yeah, I, I think it's just, like, it makes it very unique. But that's what I struggle with is that I don't think it really works as a piece of Terminator media. I think it's unique, but it's just like, I don't need, like, again, this just goes back to the preference thing. Like, I don't, like, I don't want to see that future. Like, I, that the sure. future is boring because yeah. the future is, it's, it is just a kind of us versus them. Yeah. Struggling it, it in the mind. Like, level. It's, it's all service level. They also, can't, you can't get into anything much deeper there. Like, also, Alex Ross makes his own Terminators. Yeah, and that also like knights. Then it, it's not called. It's called um. Uh, it's not called cyber cyber. Oh, Technodyne. Technodyne. Yeah, that was weird. All fuck this comic, man. Hey, actually, no, no. Fuck this comic. Disagree. Anyway, let's talk about the art on Tempest. I really liked it. Chris Warner. He's a good artist. We talked about him last episode, but I think he's like yeah, he's a bit of a workman, and he's a bit of kind of like dark horse company player. But there's some moments in this that I thought were really interesting and very specific. Like there's one bit really randomly that I just noticed that like the Terminator is pulling someone out of a car. I think I have this panel saved as well. Hits his head and he's just, the injury is so specific. Like you, yes, you see his head and you see the thing that he like clunks out the top of the car. And I was like, you don't, that, that didn't need to happen. Yeah. You did, and I love that. What what I think is interesting, and I only just thought about this then, Dark Horse at this time, to my knowledge, was also, had bought the license for a lot of manga that was coming out at this time. Mm. So it makes sense to me that a panel like that feels very manga influenced, where it has these kind of looser line work, 
the figures are not like as kind of statuesque as superhero comics. Yeah. There's a lot more kind of speed lines. And yeah, everything's like a little bit more dynamic, which I, I just thought that was kind of interesting bit of trivia. I wonder if the artists on Dark Horse had been looking at this manga and being like, all right, I can do that. Yeah. Because like, like surely they'd have to do something to make themselves a little bit more just like, yeah. Oh, going to make this interesting. Because it doesn't feel like what Marvel or DC, like it a little bit feels like that. But it's not as kind of jagged as like a Todd McFarlane or Rob Leafield. But it's... God, it's you bring up Leafield again. Two times this episode. <laughs> Problematic a, fave. We'll put a ban on him. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, um, but yeah, I, th- I just think it's like really Chris Warner has like, yeah, it, it, it's workman, but it kind of balances loose, but also just really well-defined characters really well. Yeah. I also just like... I think his version of the future is more interesting to to see. There's more detailing. There's more sure. detail. Like, you know, we actually get a chance to see, like, my one of my favourite parts is when it shows you the... The time machine. No, it shows you the Terminators growing. Oh, yeah. And, and you realise, like, oh, that's right. They're like... Sorry, I just saw Cohen's face and I got very sad. We're going late, folks. We're going late. I'm sorry, Cohen. <laughs> Look at some comics to make you happy. Uh, um, yeah, so like mm-hmm. they have to grow the skin. Cohen, have you seen all the Terminator movies? Have you seen any? Okay, cool. So oh. the basic. No, I'm <laughs> going to give you a little bit of lowdown on this. So the Terminator. Right. So what the Terminator is? You know the Terminator. You know the, we all know. Cohen Terminator. doesn't know the Terminator though. <laughs> um, Cohen doesn't know the Terminator. So the Terminator was Skynet's kind of like next big machine. It's a sentient AI. It's ridiculous. Okay, so anyway, so basically, Cyberdyne, <laughs> Cyberdyne Systems. Get mili- so they are a technological a technology company, and they get afforded they get granted um, military con- contracts. So they create Skynet. Skynet is a guided missile network. It's an, a very efficient AI to protect um, humanity. To protect humanity, and Skynet becomes self aware. So the AI becomes self aware and deems all humanity to be the enemy, and then launches what it does and what it explains in T two, which is really fun. It says like. It, uh, the first thing it does is launches the nukes to Russia. And yeah. John, John Connor says, why did they do that? And he says, because the Russian response will wipe out most of the US. So that, that's the war. And then the war becomes against the machines. Yeah. But then the Terminator... So they have machines that are like hunter-killers or they're big machines. They're the big flying ones. Big flying ones. HKs. HKs. And they created... So humanity went underground and developed like systems and their kind of resistance. Mm-hmm. The Terminator was a an android. And I've got a question for you after this as well. All right. was an android that they coded in um, that cable? living. No, actually it could be um, living tissue. And its whole thing was infiltration. It would infiltrate. Because it looks like a strong, human. It looks like a human and it would destroy everyone. That's Arnie. It's Arnie. Um, but that's all like living skin and living tissue. And the original kind of logic was because in T1, they talk about how the... Um, the only thing that can get through the time machine is living tissue. tissue. Which is then, I'm always like, well, what, what's the T-1000 made out of? Because he's liquid metal. But he starts off organic. Does he? I guess. I don't, I don't know. Because like, at no point does he... But it's and like, that was literally like I've watched that movie like a thousand times. Yeah. And then I watched it the other night and I was like, oh. I was thinking about that as well. But, I, but it's also, it's a logic jump that I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Do you know why? Because he's a cool... It's a cool movie, he's though. He's a cool movie. <laughs> he's um, cool liquids. So that's Terminal. I think you'd really dig them. I think you should watch them. They're fun. Yeah. Um, and 
my question to you, and then after that, I want to talk about the T1000. Um, my question to you is, what is the difference between a robot, an android, a cyborg, and a droid? Well, cyb- cyborg... Cyborg, a, I know. It's a cybernetic it, organism. Yes, so it's, it has to be like, you have to have both <laughs> that's, that's human, human and... But he's... But no, but like, they're not a cyborg. I think... In their definition for a cyborg is something that has bits of both. Yeah, but I think... A cyborg is a human with robotic attachments. Th- that's what I would that's have what said I thought as well. prior but, to this movie, but the movie defined it as Arnie yeah. being a cyborg. Because my understanding is that like it needs both elements to survive. Yeah. Because but like so a cyborg here, like they they they're quite perfectly often, fine. They, without t- they it. take off that flesh, they're like, this is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> my cool metal skeleton. Very scary skeleton. Yeah, very yeah. scary skeleton underneath. <laughs> skeleton. Um and an android, I've never understood, like... They, An android is what I thought a Terminator was. But then, you like, I now think, whenever I think of androids, I think of Dragon Ball Z and I think of nice. aliens. What? Yeah. And those the two, Dragon Ball Z androids are what... Aliens are no, as well. No, the Dragon Ball Z... Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. Robots with skin on top. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's why I kind of think of a Terminator. Yeah. And then a robot is just a robot. Yes. And then a droid That's is just Star Wars. Star Wars just being like, we don't want to call them yeah. robots. Yes, correct. Do they say robots in Star Wars? No. They don't say lasers either. They say blasters and droids. So true. Anyway. And I genuinely think that's one of the reasons it's so kind of like, it's because it was just different enough. That, yeah, yeah. That everyone was like, this is fun. Yeah. Um, the next thing. And this is why, like, I think... There are no good Terminator sequels. And mm. what I'm interested to do now is actually read other Terminator-like comics. Because mm. I want to see how they deal with it. The reason there are no good Terminator sequels post-T2 is that the T-1000 is the coolest Terminator. And that's well. it. That's as simple as that. You have... And apparently it was a James Cameron idea in the first Terminator. He's like, I want to, I want to have liquid metal. And but he had no money. the technology. Yeah. Well, all, the, all, all the money, all the technology. Yeah. Um, so then he does it in T2. Yeah. And I'm like, you, you don't get better than that. He's a Terminator that can go to like, he's, he's better than the T-800 in every way. Yeah. And he's practically indestructible. And then they try to do something different with the, cause the Terminator in Terminator 3 is like TX or something. Yeah. I don't know. Did you watch that movie or were you kind of going like, uh... maybe a little bit of that, but I agree with you. I think that is the peak in cool Terminator design. I think if they shifted the focus of upping the stakes of how powerful a Terminator could be to something else, then they could still make a good Terminator movie. And if they had the kind of heart that T2 has, the balance of that plus grim, dark, struggling against a future that's always going to happen, then they could. I don't know. But I think that's like... Maybe they have. You, I haven't watched how do you, Dark Fate yet. How do you kind of like... How do you increase what a Terminator Stakes. can what a Terminator can do post like Well it's like the Superman thing. It's like this there doesn't need to be power creep for there to be a good story. Yeah, no, true. But I guess like it just becomes what kind of story do you want to tell? Yeah. I think. 
I think for me, when I, when I saw Terminator 3, I thought of the TX as a downgrade from the T-1000. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Because you could do like a flamethrower. I'm like, yeah, but that's still like you can't do the cool stuff. Like you can't morph through walls like yeah. he could. Like, Well, I think the way that Tempest kind of answers this question is like, what if there was three? Yeah, and that's what I love. <laughs> yeah, is like and the circle what, back, and then that's what Burning Earth does as well. They're like, what, what if, if there was just all so of many? Them. Yeah. Um, also, also Burning Earth does the T three before T three, in which it's like, what if there was a hot girl Terminator? Oh God, I hated that. <laughs> and then like the machine is talking about how inefficient the machines are becoming because they're yeah. becoming kind of like almost gleefully um, like sadistic. Yeah. And then that ter- that female Terminator has spikes come out of her hips and then thrusts into the human. Yeah. I hated that so much. <laughs> it's leaning into that. It's like, yeah, these guys are fucking psychos. I was like, no. Give me big, bulky dude covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, Tempest. Um, but yeah, no. I, I can, It is str- such a struggle for me, but I think I do... Oh, no, a struggle. <laughs> yeah. God help me. <laughs> I do, I do <laughs> probably have to say that Tempest does. Like, I, I do really like what Tempest does. I was just so kind of blown left field by what Burning Earth was. I was not expecting it. I was expecting, I, like, having come off reading Predator Concrete Jungle, I think that Terminator Tempest, I mean, it has the liter- literally the same artist. It kind of has a similar vibe. Yeah. Um, and so I think reading Tempest, I was like, okay, I can see where this is coming from. But I think Bur- Burning Earth just came out of nowhere for me. Yeah. Like there, there's no other comics that look like that around that time. I, no, I get that. I think I just like. It, it feels read, like such, of- for, for something that's a licensed comic, it also looks like someone, something that someone cooked up in their basement. Yeah. But in terms of like. And it, it was. In terms of it being a licensed comic, they like, they play pretty hard and loose with the elements of it yeah no i agree i don't know i Um, just i think that appeals to me i just thought like because it's on the list of like it's it's like number one on all the lists of like best terminator comic like burning earth really hell yeah yeah and i was just like this isn't i don't know it's just one of those i think it's it's a clout of alex ross a bit as well i think so because it's the origin it's the beginning of him it's it's like this wonder king wonder kind of like Artistic integrity. Of making comics really serious again. And valid. We hate to see it. We love to see it. I think it's just like, it's one of those kind of like dark and gritty stories that everyone's like, oh, this is, because it's dark and gritty, it's... it's Therefore good. Therefore good and therefore worthy of being the number one. Mm. And I'm like, but this like, Tempest is so much more of a piece with its source material. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. Then I'm just like, well, but I, I really want that to be the, like the reason it's number one and not just because it's like dark and gritty and got, yeah. Was painted on black, black cardboard. Like in, in terms of like <sighs> anyway. its craft, it, it is operating on a much better level mm. than burning earth. Like it balances John Arcudi, I think. And going back to Mark Verheiden on the last predator comic, John Arcudi does have a little bit of inner monologue, but paces it out with these sections that are more just like fast paced dialogue, not bogged down by any boxes. John Arcudi is like a really smart mm. writer in which he can kind of go up and down on how 
fast-paced or kind of slow-paced when he needs to explain something a bit more. This comic can be, I think. Yeah. God, I'm just going through it. It's so good. Yeah. But yeah, I think we really got into it on this. I think so. I think we needed to make up for our... <laughs> our last total best bot. episode. <laughs> our last best episode, which is a total and utter disaster. Um, but it was also our best episode. Um, and this is our latest best episode. Perfect panels? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. Let's do it. Cohen, any, any comments from you? No, nope, shaking his head. We're going to get you on mic one day. It's going to happen. This week, this week um, Cohen asked to be sent the comics, and we did send the comics. And then he said, he said to me today at work, he said, I pulled a Joe Brown, I didn't read the comics. Wow. To be oh. fair, I did pull a Joe Brown today, and I read nice. all the comics. I, I did. Um, I was just looking through some of the screenshots I have, and I, I, every time they mentioned the CPU in Burning Earth, I thought it was very funny. Because there's a point where John Connor, someone's like, what's the CPU, you nerd? And he's like, uh, it's the central, central processing, processing unit. unit. That's where Skynet is. And then they keep saying CPU throughout this dark, gritty comic. And I'm like, go off. Go off, you nerdy kid. Are we doing Burning Earth first? Yeah. Okay. So you go. Let's go. Let's go with yours. You go first. Okay. Well, mine, I'm throwing it slightly different, a little curveball. So this is before I decided I, I didn't. actually. So this is before I decided I didn't like this comic. Um, it's literally the title page. Welcome to hell. Because I just love chapter one, welcome to hell. Nice. On this burning, like, background. I just, I was like, that's so cool. Yeah. And then I read the comic. Um, and I didn't like it. Asshole. <laughs> what? Asshole. <laughs> Asshole. But how, like, I just love that. It's like, it's so stark. It knows it's what it so wants stark. to be. And I just think there's like, there's some, it's like what you were talking about with the last week with the Archie and, um, versus Predator comics with just these fun, like, I, like, I love chapter titles. I yeah. think chapter titles are cool. And I think starting your series, starting your, your end series, yeah. your, your conclusion with chapter one, welcome to hell. Welcome to hell. Here's, where we go off yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where you're like, we're like, all right, let's, strap let's in. fucking go. Yeah. Um, okay. I found mine and I, when I was reading it, I knew this is one of those Joe Brown moments where you, you stick to it and you double down. Yeah. You really do that. It's this. Oh, this is like, so everything that I love about this art style. Do you know what's really fun? Go on. I hated that. That's literally, <laughs> no, no, genuinely. So just, just, I'll explain in a minute. You describe what it is. So, it's uh, it's the resistance meeting the Terminators up the top of Thunder Mountain, and it's everything that I really like about this early kind of proto style of Alex Ross, where the perspective is like a little bit fucked. It's so busy. There's too much going on. Like colors are like incoherent. Like there's too much blacks. There's too much random whites. But because of because I'm an agent of chaos, I relish in it. I love it. I love that the I love the narrative that this also helps paint for us because that like. <laughs> That everything you just described about how you loved it, is that was when that, this is when this comic fully lost me because I couldn't orient myself for a little bit. I had no idea what was going on, and I was like, "Man, fuck this comic." I love it. That's brilliant. I truly, we're such truly a good pairing. We're such a good pair. It's like it's such a like dichotomy as well. It's like Alex Ross being like, "This is my heaven and hell," where heaven and hell are both on the page at the same time. Like the bottom corner has this like chasmous pit, and the top right has this like beautiful pearly gates moment. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I really do. You're such a nerd. I know. It's real gross. Sorry. Um, no, I love it. All right. 
Well, now is yours the oh boy shop? <laughs> Mine from Tempest is a classic. <laughs> is a classic perfect panel. It's the Terminator coming yeah. out of a burning building. That's good. Shrouded in shadow in the front, illuminated by like, like I love that kind of like. Um, and Alex Ross talks about this in his afterwards. Like, it's it's the Johnny Storm fire. Like, yeah, it's the, fire. the human torch of it all. And like, this is a different art, as I understand. But like, that the the yellow, the yellow fire being yellow. That is such an red. iconic kind of Terminator yeah. thing. So we've got that, and then we've got this, these little red eyes, and he's reaching for his like fun laser gun, and it's just it's cool. It's a cool vibe. It's a cool fun vibe. Yeah, I agree. That's great. What do you got? Uh, mine kind of builds off what I was talking about before about this being a very kind of manga era comic. So many lines. It's it's this panel of is it one of the Terminators or is it one of the Resistance? It looks like one of the Terminators, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because then that guy gets killed immediately after. Yeah. Because he throws a pipe. That's a pipe bomb exploding. Um, it's kind of reeling away from this explosion and like just every part of it is operating on such a good level. You've got the lettering up the top, the boom, which like flows with the speed lines and the speed lines are this very manga. It reminds me a lot of Akira, if people have seen that. I haven't. It's very good. Um, like the, the way like the hands are drawn the detailing like every finger is posed in a very realistic way the colors ugh. again another just rowan having a moment um it's like and it's it's one of those panels like it's such a workman panel where you just skip over it so easily but then when you zone in on it it's like oh everything about it everything about it it's a good comic yeah good comic is good so as Begrudging as I am about it, I do. do I'm, it. I'm not it. even really. I'm not even really Say begrudging. It. Like I, I frothed on it a lot. Tempest is better. Yeah, that's right. But all credits burning Earth because it's a fucking sick time. I think I referred to this before we started as the comic that you rip a bong first and then you read it. Rowan Core. Maybe that's maybe that's what a Rowan Core comic is. <laughs> is it any comic that you have to rip a bong before <laughs> you read it? I don't even really smoke weed anymore. <laughs> My, that's just what Rowan Core is. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't mean like you have to, but like you can acknowledge like something's Rowan Core and be like, if someone was was to, yeah, maybe yeah, rip exactly. a bong and read this, then yeah. they might have a great time. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, Tempest Tempest over Burning Earth for me. Uh, good comic, really fun, and I don't know why I kind of like doubled down on hating Burning Earth, but I did because you're a sicko. Because I'm a sicko. But hey, love you. They love you too. So that was hey, that finishes our um. That's the horror trilogy. That's the horror trilogy. So that was... That was... We didn't introduce it at the top of the episode. Yeah, pardon us. That was Pressing Issues Presents. Oh! I just added to nice. it again. Pressing Issues Presents, uh, colon, Comics Go Hollywood. Hollywood, part one, colon. Col- no, hol- colon, part one. Colon, colon, part one, colon. The horror trilogy, row C, Terminator. Terminator. God bless. God bless. Um, yeah. So next week is our. No, wait. I'm gonna plug us. Oh, you gotta plug us. Yeah. First. So right. socials as per usual. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at pressing pressing issues podcast. Pressing. Pressing. Uh, on Twitter at pressing pod. Uh, email us at pressing issues pod at gmail You can find me at Rowan K Grover, Joe Brown, J Brown ninety ninety one. Come on to Kind of great. I love great. this little cadence that it's I've good. Kinda, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's wonderful. 
Um, and yeah, please, please, I'm I'm gonna say it this time. Please rate and review us. Rate, review, subscribe. Um, let your friends know that you listen to a really cool podcast and they should listen to it too. And it's pressing issues, by the way. All right. So late. It's so late. We're um, going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. But next week, or oh, sorry, in two weeks. I'm just going to say next week. You know I mean two weeks. It's mm. just easier. Uh, we're going to finish up our Comic Go Hollywood miniseries with another little rule bend. We're bending the rules again. Sorry, Bryce. Sorry. Sorry, Bryce. Come at me, Bryce. Fucking do it. Attack me on Instagram. Do it. Call me out. Whatever. Um, we're doing June. We know June's a book, but it also is... Two movies. Two very good movies. I think one really good movie and one... Pretty good movie. One, oh, one interesting oddity. Anyway, tune back in. Potential guest on that one as well. Potential guest. First guest. <gasps> How exciting. How exciting. You can hear someone else other than us. I know, because Cohen won't get on the fucking mic. All right, love you all. Thank you Thanks so, much. so much. Love Bye. you. Bye.